Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to Glass Angeles. Angeles. Today, we have one of the most renowned celebrity makeup artists in the world, responsible for some of the most beautiful faces in Hollywood, including Charlize Theron, Amelia Clark, Rooney Mara, and Anne Hathaway. She is also a Chanel celebrity makeup artist, NBD. We are so thrilled to have her on Los Angeles today. Welcome, Kate Lee. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I know that you're like probably so tired because <laughs> we have you here day after Oscars. Truly. And you were um, a little bit busy. Just a little bit. It was a bit of an Oscar hangover yeah. this morning. <laughs> right? Well, so Sarah and I both have, you know, a relationship with Kate and... Um, it sounds like so like serious. Like we both have well, a it should be Kate. serious. <laughs> Thank you very it's much. It's longstanding. It is. It's longstanding. Kate came to Pop Sugar years ago. I mean years, years ago. Yeah. ago and did makeup on my good friend Sarah Goodwin, who is now in the beauty world as well. And she did a Emma Watson makeup look. Do you remember yeah, that? I do. That is. And a while the ago. lip was like gorgeous. This kind of like pinky rouge and the eye was so beautiful and clean and Sarah I, I even texted her about <laughs> I it believe recently you remember that. and she was I mean I literally just watched the video and I'm yeah. like wow me as a little infant <laughs> talking to the camera but Sarah was like I still like love that makeup look oh my gosh. she felt Aww. so beautiful well, we were texting Kirby and me were texting about it was about your makeup uh-huh. and I was like Kate Lee when she did oh, my makeup yeah. it's still like to this day like Aww. my favorite look ever Oh yeah, like, because I, you I were never in, looked better. But you were also in. <laughs> I was with Paris with Kate. Yes, so it wasn't so a shabby <laughs> evening, was it? That's Going where down our the same. romantic relationship <laughs> blossom. Truly <laughs> romantic love is um, in the and air. When I, we first started the podcast, that was like right when I got back from Paris. So that was like we were talking about all the tips and tricks you taught me. So. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So um, Kate's the bomb.com. We love her. Yes, Aww. and so um, we have so much to chat with you about, but we want to start. From the Mm -hmm. beginning, I think a lot of people are very familiar with your work, but maybe are not as familiar with your story of how you started. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you walk us through how you got into beauty? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's a long time ago. I'm an only child. I come from a tiny village in the north of England, and I spent a lot of time on my own as a kid. And I I mean, I was very young when I focused on what I wanted to do. And I took my options at school based upon wanting to be a makeup artist, even though I don't think I really fully understood what that meant at the time. I was very focused on musicians in the 80s. And my dad was a drummer. And so we always had music in our house. And um, it was the 80s. So things were very flamboyant then. And, you know, we didn't have Instagram, so, you know, we had <laughs> <a> posters. <laughs> right? And so I'd, I would have, like, pictures of all the, you know, relevant musicians at the time, like Boy George and Toya Wilcox and all these amazing kind of 80s artists on my walls. And that was when I remember focusing very clearly on how something was done and tr- wanting to understand how I could physically do that. Mm-hmm. I don't really know why I plucked it from because it was so kind of far-reaching to where I was born and I grew up but I was laser focused and I knew and um, so all of my steps at school were taken from that point to first of all train to be an esthetician because I knew that was important and um, I think also my family were kind of like get yourself a trade yeah. <laughs> it was like Billy Elliot get yourself a trade Billy um, because they they kind of saw me heading for disaster, you know. They were like, we don't need makeup artists in the north of England. But, um, yeah, you yeah. do. So I was 11, and that was that was my laser beam focus. 
Amazing. And then tell us a little bit about the school that you went to for beauty. So I started out just at my local college and I did beauty therapy, which sort of incorporated hairdressing um, and I trained to be an esthetician. My career advisor, when I, I told her my lofty goal to become a makeup artist, she advised me that I should start with beauty therapy because that was something I could study at my local college. And I applied to go there and I spent two years studying to be an esthetician and I did hairdressing and facials and manicures and pedicures. And at the time, it was the most intensely boring thing to me because it was the stepping stone to where I wanted to go. But Mm -hmm. to this day, I'm still very glad that I, I studied that because I now... I understand so much more about skin and I can, you know, I can tint lashes and brows and I can do waxing and I can, you know, there are many things that I can do as a makeup artist that I wouldn't have been able to do had I not studied that. So I'm glad that I did that. And then there was really only one course that I could take that would launch me into this kind of work and that would involve moving to London. And it was a very prestigious college and it was quite hard to get into and there would be you know, about 3,000 applicants for 30 places. And I went down for my interview at the London College of Fashion, and I I was very tenacious. And, you know, they said to me, what are you going to do if, you, if you're not successful in your application this year? And I was like, I'll come back next year. And they said, well, what about the year? And I just said, and the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that. <laughs> <laughs> and so they thought, oh, we better give this girl a place because she's <laughs> never going to leave us alone. And so then I went to the London College of Fashion, which is part of the London Institute, which is in the same group as St. Martin's College of Art, London College of Printing. They have an amazing amount of information available. It's a great school to go to because I could go to the library at St. Martin's. Mm-hmm. You know, at London College of Fashion, we had every copy of Vogue magazine going back till the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was just this wealth of of knowledge and experience. And, you know, coming from the middle of nowhere and landing in, in London, that was just like the most amazing thing for me. And you had like some celebrity classmates, right? Um, no. <laughs> oh, I thought you did. Okay, we can cut that out. No. <laughs> well, I, I mean... went to school with, you said Stella McCartney was like... The school was very prestigious. Okay. And they were at St. Martin's and I was at LCF. Okay, well, but okay. we were all in the same year. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. I mean, kinda. let's count it. Kind of. I think that counts. <laughs> we love Stella. Kind of. So, first of all, I have to just comment on this. I love beauty therapy. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. They definitely don't call it that here, right? No, I don't think so. Here you would just say that someone's an esthetician. Yeah. So, okay, when you're going to practice beauty therapy, is that just specifically aesthetics no. Or does it include the nails and the... You know, there's a lot of anatomy, physiology, microbiology mm-hmm. involved in becoming an esthetician because you obviously have to understand how skin grows and totally. regenerates. You need to know about hair. You need to know about how a nail grows before you can work on a nail. Um, there are so many elements of it. And plus, I like the term beauty therapy because it is therapy to the person receiving the treatment and you know there is a very specific etiquette attached to that because you don't want your facialist repeating everything you've told them on the bed you know yeah, totally <laughs> well and that's why I you know I love that term because we make this joke a lot but it's like if you're a makeup artist or a hairstylist or an esthetician or mm-hmm. even like a dermatologist mm-hmm. I feel like you have to have this part of your brain that's part therapist as well because you're hearing a lot of what people are going through and why they're choosing to get this service or absolutely why maybe one of your clients is like well I'm I have always been you know self-conscious of this because Mm -hmm. of this you have Mm -hmm. to take on a lot not just painting the canvas and creating the art it's also taking all of the other aspects of that person along with you well Um, yeah you're also in very you can be in quite stressful situations you know, not that everybody gets stressed out because they don't, you know, I mean, receiving an Oscar is one of the greatest accolades you can receive, mm-hmm. but there's so much that has gone into it up to that point. And, you know, I think training as an esthetician at the beginning definitely helped me because it's it's a very personal space to be in with someone. You don't let many people touch your face. Oh, totally. And, you know, there you are first thing in the morning, what's and all. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know... You need to be able to trust that person that that you can relax and be yourself, that you can 
speak freely and not be worried and I see it as a process of therapy in a way because you are sort of helping someone to build their persona so they can go out and do their job and that doesn't really matter if you're an actor a musician you know or just a regular person who wants to feel better about themselves I think you know we are therapists for sure 100%. All right. So obviously you are a Chanel celebrity makeup artist. Mm -hmm. So can you talk about your relationship with Chanel, how that came to be? Because you've been together almost 15 years now. Almost 15. Wow. Like a dinosaur. No, no, no. (laughs) No, that's amazing. A very lucky Chanel dinosaur. (laughs) No, but like, honestly, I feel like a lot of partnerships don't last that Mm -hmm. long at all. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, you know, why do you love the brand so much? And then kind of how did that relationship develop? Well, it started almost 15 years ago and I went for a meeting and my agent called me and said, we're going to send you for an interview. We're not quite sure who it's for yet, but they want to talk to you about your work and, you know, your work with Keira Knightley. And Mm -hmm. um, so just go for the interview and let us know how it goes. So I kind of went for the interview and met a very lovely lady but who gave me nothing and I couldn't really understand you know what was happening but she asked me a lot of questions I answered them I came home didn't really think about it again mm-hmm. and um a few I'd almost forgotten about it but I kind of felt like I'd failed a job interview because I remember coming out and thinking well I screwed that up you know because <laughs> Being a freelancer, you don't, you're not used to representing yourself that way. So I kind of came away from it and didn't think anything would come of it, not knowing what it was, obviously. A few weeks later, um, I got a phone call from my agent at the time and she said, you know the interview you went for? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, that was actually for Chanel. <gasps> They're looking to start an artist program. And I, I kid not, I couldn't really absorb what I was hearing. I was so sort of flabbergasted. And um, they'd like to meet with you again. And um, and it kind of just went from there. I met Rebecca McCabe, who is the head of Chanel. And we had a cup of tea and a little chat. And then it, it went from there. And, you know, Chanel were pretty much the first cosmetic company to start an artist program. They, it was a real visionary uh, move at that point. And they signed five of us. And um, we began to work closely with the brand and um it always for me it focused a lot on award season um so we're a very very well-oiled machine at this point mm-hmm. but obviously it's just such a great honor to be a part of the Chanel family and um for so many years and you know Chanel really pride themselves on building lasting relationships and luckily I'm a recipient of Wait, so did your agent not know it was for Chanel? I don't think that she did. Okay, because I was like, why wouldn't they tell me? I think it was like an anonymous thing at the beginning. Mm, It was just like, Um, hey. Because I think, you know, what they were doing were looking at different artists within the industry, looking at who they were working with. Obviously, Kira was very young within the brand of Chanel at that point. And I was working with her doing all her red carpet work. Mm. And so I must have caught their attention. And similarly with the other makeup artists too. And um, so, yeah, it was so exciting. And the f- I remember the first week, this huge box arriving. <laughs> and my my roommate at the time is another brilliant makeup artist. Her name's Melanie Inglesis. Oh, love her. <laughs> I love her. And um, she and I lived together in Hollywood at that point. And um, this box arrived and we sat down in the living room and we unpacked it. And we were just looking at each other like a Chanel bomb had exploded (laughs) in our house (laughs) yeah and I was like oh my goodness like I just couldn't believe it hey we've got those deliveries and we're like I mean a box from Chanel's never a bad thing is it and I still get the same thrill now whenever anything arrives I'm kind of like never gets old I never want to lose the excitement of receiving one of those beautiful Chanel I don't I don't think we have I saved the Christmas cards first of all I have them like saved in a box and I save the 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 packaging yes the yep, ribbon. I like, have the I'm never going to use it. Top it just, of each other. Yeah, I just yeah. have it for decor. Hey, Same. you know but what? For, good for us. Yeah, totally. Good for us. <laughs> but for me too, it was just, it wasn't just the, the Chanel effect, as I call it. It was the fact that I just had all of this incredible product that I'd worked so hard to be able to afford to buy for so many years and the the value is not lost on me and you know most of my inspiration comes from formulation of a product and so to just have this 
banquet of beautiful makeup to work from, it was like a dream come true. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, I'm glad you bring that up because I think now, because there are so many different brands, so many different makeup brands, especially, mm. and a, a PR sends are not one in a million anymore. I mean, I think a lot of people take for granted the amount of product they receive, especially when it comes to like my makeup artist friends. Um, I have several of them and they always are overjoyed when a brand that they have purchased mm-hmm. and saved for mm-hmm. for their kit mm-hmm. recognizes them yeah. enough to send them the product themselves. It's their livelihood. And so I can imagine how thrilled you probably were yeah. to receive the whole lot. Do you I remember really <laughs> like the your first Chanel beauty product that you tried that you like saved your money for or yes. like oh, what was it? I do. It was a found it was years before I could have ever dreamt that I would be the recipient of a Chanel bomb somewhere in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was a foundation. And I, so when I was at college in London, to circle back, when I was at college in London, I had to have several part-time jobs to be able to support myself. And one of them was working for Shuamura. Mm. Back in the day, uh, when it first came from Japan to London, um, I went for a job interview that was for a full-time position, knowing that there was no way I could do a full-time position because I was at college, but I still went anyway because I loved the brand. It was a true artist brand at that point. And I went for the interview with someone who's become a great friend of mine, Millie Kendall from Beauty Mart. Mm. And I went for the interview and I went through all of the process not saying that I couldn't do the full-time job. Mm. And then I kind of walked away and hoped they would offer me the job. And then when they did, <laughs> I was like, um, I, that's just one thing. I can only do weekends. And um, she made a position for me. And I worked at Harvey Nichols in the cosmetic department on the weekends, on and off for about seven years. Because building a freelance career is no joke. Totally. If you don't have anyone to help and support you and I was a little orphan on my own in London I didn't have any family or even friends that could help me at that point so having a having the support of a great cosmetic brand and lots of faces to practice on many many different faces to practice on for so many years and to be amongst other really talented great makeup artists and learn different techniques and build my kit that was a incredible learning opportunity for me and I still sort of refer back to it now and I'm still in touch with my friends from Shumara I just recently bumped into someone I hadn't seen for 25 years that worked with me at the counter when I was in London and that was great I love the uh do it and ask for forgiveness later (laughs) yeah just like if this is meant for me, I know. Work out. Totally. We would make we would make sort of bets in the morning about, you know, obviously because the the range at Schumer is from white to day glow orange. Mm-hmm. We would make bets with one another how many people could sell yellow eyeshadow that day. And mine would always be yellow eyeshadow and I would just pump it out. Ooh. I would sell it to everyone. They would love it. I would wear it myself. They'd be like, What is that? Why do your eyes look so blue? And um <laughs> Yeah, it worked out quite well for me. Princess Diana would kind of like breeze through first thing <gasps> oh in the morning. My you know, God. We'd let her in through the side door and she'd come in before the store would open. Oh my God, that is the best story. Yeah. Wow. It was it was an amazing, an amazing time. Did you sell time. yellow eyeshadow to Princess Diana? No, she never really stopped at cosmetics. She would just kind of breeze through on her way up, but we would let her in early so that she didn't, she was yeah. so hotly pursued, bless her. And I know, I know. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, Sarah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, we want to talk about the Oscars and award season in general because congratulations, you survived. Yeah, <laughs> truly. I feel like it a was lot... a shorter season, but still it was a Didn't crazy. feel like that, I'm sure, for Kate. It was I the know. longest January on record. <laughs> we were, I mean, I think everybody has made this joke, but truly January was 87 days long. It did it not was. end. I'm like, mm-hmm. when we finally got to January 31st, I'm like, mm-hmm. tomorrow is February. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all made it through. Who knew that glamour could be so exhausting? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and you make it look so effortless, <laughs> totally. um, which is what we want to talk about. So obviously you are just an expert and a pro at creating these super beautiful, glamorous red carpet and award show looks, but they definitely are looks that you can like, that inspire us um, in our daily lives and like maybe what we would like to 
aspire to look like uh, as normals and non-celebrities. Plebeians. Plebeians. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to be a Charlize Theron plebeian. (laughs) So how can we apply those red carpet looks to our daily lives? Like what, what advice do you have for us? Well, the first thing I would say is that the gap's closing um, because the makeup of yesteryear is not acceptable on red carpet now with everybody being in HD and able to zoom in so close. You know, there's someone on Instagram called Celebs Close Up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's no room for error. And um, that has revolutionized the way that cosmetics are made and the detail that people go into with formulation. And so I feel like that gap has closed between the consumer and the red carpet because there's really no mystery. I mean, ultimately there is when it comes to people heavily retouching photographs and creating this unrealistic version of beauty, which I have my issues with. Um, But the gap has closed. We, it's a lot more accessible now. There used to be this preconceived notion that if you were going to stand on a red carpet or if you were going to have your photograph taken that you needed to wear so much more makeup. And that's just not the case. You know, it really isn't. If my work inspires a trend that happens, then that's only ever good news to me. I certainly don't want it to be so intimidating that someone feels that they can wear it in real life. And I always say that I just hope that someone's looking at my client's beauty rather than their makeup. Mm -hmm. I only ever want to add to what's happening already. And there's definitely a balance between fashion, hair. That's why I think, you know, glam squads and groups kind of tend to come back together again. Um, Like Adir is my, I call him my hair husband. Um, And I think we have a really free flowing, creative dialogue before any award show. We'll look at the dress, we'll look at the person, we'll decide where they're going, we'll think about how long the day is and we'll decide what we're gonna do based on that. I think that's why glam squads tend to stick together because once you have a formula that works, it definitely helps things move along yeah totally. so would you say then that skincare is more important than ever because you want to have that you know beautiful foundation mm-hmm. and face as best as possible before you apply the makeup skincare is very important when it comes to makeup application the correct prep is absolutely priceless but really you know the skin is a mirror of somebody's health and i can really see the difference in somebody who has rested and prepared for an award ceremony. It's not just about what you put on the skin. It's about, you know, resting, taking care of yourself. People that work out generally have better skin, you know, hydrated. Just wellness, that that tends to show in somebody's complexion. And I'm not one to screen that. I would rather just use foundation where we need it. And so if someone's looking healthy and at their best, that's great. If someone's had a very, very stressful time, I have to tr- do my best to bring them back to that place of wellness and health. And um, I don't, I, like I said before, I, I, I really hope that people are admiring the beauty of the person that I'm working on rather than really seeing the makeup. So, yep, skincare is important. Self-care is more important, I think. So technically, I want to, like, I was telling Sarah, I'm like, I want to know, like, <laughs> like, how do I, because I mean, obviously, when you see people on the red carpet, they're just abnormally gorgeous anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they have the cheekbones, they mm-hmm. have the lid space, they have, it's it their seems job like, to like, they have everything, yeah. and it's their job, and they spend so much time and money as well, like, making sure that they do look their best, but I love that you talked about that the gap is closing between in real life and red carpet makeup, so what would you say are maybe like three cornerstones of red carpet makeup? Is it only spot treating like with foundation or concealer where necessary? Cause I, I also think that this kind of ties into this Instagram look that we have and what we're seeing on Instagram is people literally like pumping four yeah. pumps of foundation mm-hmm. all over their face mm-hmm. and it, truly looks like a mask when you see them in real life maybe on instagram concealer and then the powder and the contour it's a lot and Mm -hmm. and you i personally don't feel like you need that many steps i don't use that many steps in my routine typically so i think what we have to remember is the art of makeup application on youtube and instagram 
is just that. It's an art. It's made to be seductive for us to watch, to for people to learn a technique per se. Mm. But that's where the the similarity ends. Okay. You know, when you're talking about somebody looking their best on a red carpet, generally speaking, they're not wearing that much makeup. Um, the the two are very different crafts. Yep. No less skilled. Yes. I think it's important that we recognize that a lot of kids are learning this way and that they now have this amazing reference point, you know, and most teenagers do start out heavy handed. I did. Same. Everybody does. Yeah, oh my God. You know, the amount of my friends who, my who will come to me and say, yeah, they'll say, please, can you just have a word with her and tell her? Just not so much eyeliner. <laughs> oh my please. God, the eyeliner. The eyeliner, eyeliner like, Kate. Around. Black eyeliner. My eyeliner mother. And mascara. Bless. But yes. then I didn't touch my brows, so it was literally just I was like, bald and had a black liner same. on my eye. And like super orange foundation. Oh my God. You know, and then foundation's usually the next thing. And if, you know, it's not ideal for a young person to look at that and think that that is the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. But as a reference point and as inspiration, then fine. If it helps you to find where you're going, then... I don't, I don't see that there's any problem with it, but I think what we do as artists who have studied our craft for many, many years, who know the difference between an amazing formulation and something that isn't, it's like you can't give a general tip about how mm. to do foundation, really, yeah. because we're all different. Mm. Totally. And it's, you know, I just recently did a masterclass for Chanel at the Wing specifically to talk about complexion and... I recommended that most people had more than one foundation in different tones. Totally. Because we all change color during the year. Maybe you have different tones to your complexion now. You know, I think it's unrealistically to canvas everybody and say, this is your shade, this is your shade. That's what's so wonderful about having, you know, such a diverse range of shades. We have 33 shades in our Latin Ultra Tenue. And that foundation is amazing for everyone because it's actually strong enough to be a concealer. So you're not getting into this situation whereby you have one product that you can only use in one specific Mm -hmm. way. I think people have become a little bit afraid of going to the counter and I can relate to that. I mean, I I literally just went into Selfridges in London and drew a breath. Yeah. When someone came at me asking yeah. me if I needed help, you know, it's totally. But what we have to remember is even if that person at the counter doesn't look like you want to look, they love makeup. Mm-hmm. They've spent years working with it. They can help you to find something that would work. And there's never better time spent in choosing foundation. And, you know, concealer, that's another whole minefield because people will buy a concealer and they'll think, oh, this is a concealer. So I use this under my eyes. I use this for a blemish. I use this to lighten a certain area. I use this under my brow. There are so many different formulations of concealer now. It's like, think about where that concealer is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Make your own rules. But there are definitely tips you can take from the people at the counter that will help you to choose the right product for you. So, I mean, yes, a lot of people are trying to link sell you a bunch of stuff that you don't need. Mm. Take your time breathe take a sample go outside look at yourself in daylight do it that way you know it's kind of like I think people feel very under pressure in that scenario but in terms of foundation that is a huge subject Mm -hmm. luckily at Chanel we have many many different types of foundation there's something for everyone okay Um, I I have to touch on that because I'm obsessed with the water fresh tint. Oh yes, yes, everybody is. I haven't, but it's sold out everywhere. Always. I literally I know. went Always. to Nordstrom <laughs> to buy it this weekend, and I was like, "I need medium plus because I'm tan right now." And they were like, "We literally cannot keep this stuff in stock." Like, Kobe, you I have contacts. I was like, I, know. "I wish we knew someone." Because <laughs> I also have it. I was watching um, Sindel's um, like oh, getting ready yesterday, uh-huh. and she was using. I was like, "Oh, I really She's want it." So good to watch, isn't oh. she? She's now that's the kind of beauty tutorial. Oh my god! Oh, totally. Yeah, that's what I want to look like all the time. <laughs> I, I like an authentic approach, and she's yes. just—I mean, she is extraordinarily beautiful. Right, but she's very, like you said, realistic about yeah, and she's not layering on like so much makeup. And yeah. but the fresh, the fresh water, the tint yes. is is really quite unlike 
anything else that's out there. Well, because I love that the pigment breaks. So mm -hmm. like you've, yeah. sorry, my stomach's growling, guys. No, I don't I, know if you guys can hear this. No it's like out of control. It. Do but, do? Yeah, do you want I mean, a croissant? There's some croissants over here I can grab. <laughs> but I, I love that when you put it, I actually uh, first heard about it when I went to Violet Gray mm -hmm. and I was with my makeup artist friend. She's like, have you tried this? I'm like, yeah. no. And, and she was like, it's lightweight. I'm like, oh, it's probably not going to be for me. She's like, get over no, here. No, you need to try it. She, yeah. like, she like did my face with it. And I'm like, I look like a sun-kissed baby's bottom. Like literally, it was just like making my, my skin looked like the best version right. of myself. And they didn't even have it in stock at Violet Great. Like they had the samples, but they like didn't have it because it people are going nuts quickly. over it. It's, oh my gosh. It's, it's more like skincare. Uh, the first time I saw the foundation, we were shooting it for something and uh and one of the girls in the press office said to me try it with a brush you have to use a brush because that's the key to how this product works mm -hmm. and and at first when I, I tried it I thought I don't know if people are going to get this because it's quite technical in the sense that you have to like use that brush to break open the the pigment to get the both the hydrating and the pigment properties of the product. Yep. I wasn't sure that people would get it or understand it because, you know, a lot of people like to put foundation in their hands and put it on. Of you course. know, everyone's got a different technique. I was worried about people using sponges and it absorbing oh into gosh, the sponge. Yeah. You can't use a sponge with it. I mean, it, it would just absorb too much of the pigment. It just goes to show the, yeah. the value of trying something. Mm -hmm. and having someone who knows about it show you how to use it. That definitely makes a difference. Well, I'll tell you, the Nordstrom at Westfield Century City, they're on it. Like, I mean, I went to go get color match to see, well, before I knew they were sold out of, out of it. And yeah. they were like, I was like, what shade do you think I would be? And they were like, let's try medium plus. And so they did it like from here, like I'm pointing, but you guys obviously can't see it. My from like my lower face mm -hmm. down onto my neck because mm -hmm. they wanted to match my neck because I have a spray tan right now. Mm -hmm. And they were like, if you if this is the tan you typically use, medium plus, but you have to use the brush. And yep. they like demonstrated it on my hand. Obviously, I'm like, mm -hmm. trust me, I know how to use this <laughs> properly. But it, if you guys are in the market, I mean, if you can find it, yeah. get it. Tell it's, us. It's, <laughs> yeah, tell us. Let it us is know. the magical unicorn of Chanel foundation currently but there are so many other great formulations as mm -hmm. well that are just as easy to use and give have different properties and give a different effect totally yeah okay i i love what you said about you know not wanting to give like one way wants to give you the confidence to live life your way especially on wash day whether your strands are fine medium or thick Way has shampoo and conditioner that's quick. From volume and shine to deeply hydrating. Way helps you find your way on good hair days every single day. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all like that jingle? Did I get everything I needed to tell you about Way in that singular jingle? Y'all, what can be said? We love Way. We've talked about this a million times. We are so thankful that Way is a partner of Los Angeles because literally, I mean, we've had Jen Atkin on the podcast, the founder. We, I feel like we grew up with this brand. Like we remember when it launched, they have expanded so much, but one thing remains the same. Hair is the piece de resistance of this brand. I'm personally obsessed with the detox shampoo. Y'all heard me rave about this. I literally just talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but that is what my scalp needs because you know that I do not wash my hair every single day. And by the way, I had the cleanest scalp at the Dyson event the other week. So I'm just telling you, <laughs> it works. They have something for every hair type, no matter if your scalp is super dry or your hair is super thin and you want some volume or maybe it's overly processed. Like, let me hold your hand when I tell you this. You may need a leave-in conditioner. You may need one. And there's no shame in that game. Bust out the way leave-in conditioner. We love it. I mean, they have so many products, whether it's shampoo and conditioner, treatment products, styling products, fragrance. We love everything Way. Way guarantees a good hair day. And you can wash your way to healthier hair with shampoos and conditioners made just for you from Way, of course. Just go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use the code GLOSS for 15% off your entire purchase. That's theway.com and use code GLOSS. Again, that's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com code gloss for 15% off your entire purchase a straight tip about foundation because obviously it depends too like mm -hmm. if somebody at home ha is breaking out or has like hyperpigmentation 
it's going to be different mm-hmm. than obviously somebody that has perfect skin. Mm-hmm. So I love that tip. But I want to know personally, what is in your kit always? Non, always, non-negotiables. Always. Like you will not travel or do anybody without having these things in your kit. Well, just recently I had a little shift in that department because <gasps> I... Obviously, I've been with Chanel for such a long time. I have used their Hydra Beauty range since I joined the brand years and years and years and years ago. They've always made a beautiful serum that I would use before makeup because like we were saying, you know, skincare is important to makeup. Prep of the skin is very important. You need very, very clean skin, but you also need hydrated skin. And you don't want a lot of oil on the skin because otherwise you'll find that anything you're applying is just kind of sliding around. So I like to get my moisture really from more serum textured hydrating products. And I used the Hydra Beauty Serum for years and years and years. And we we recently just brought out another product called Camellia Cream, which is ultimately a serum texture, but it is a cream and it has a slight luminosity to it. So it kind of ticks all the boxes in terms of skin prep for me it doesn't leave any residue on the skin but then it does kind of give you this luminous effect and everyone I touch with it kind of they smell the camellia oil and they're like wow Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. is this Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's become my new favorite so I don't travel with it I I was like guessing you might say that before we started interviewing yeah yeah I mean (laughs) it's such a good one yeah is that is that it anything else and a staple in my kit is our Vitalumia Aqua Foundation because it's really just like your skin. Yeah. It's your mm-hmm. skin in a bottle. But like I was saying, I like to have two shades of foundation for most people. Um, if you're lucky enough that you can find one that works for you, it's just the best product. So easy to use, light, luminous, still got really great coverage. Um, doesn't really need to be powdered unless you're excessively oily. Love that. It works well on dry skin. If you have dry skin and you Mm -hmm. suffer from, you know, perhaps little areas of dryness, it's not going to kind of flake and stick to that. It's just your skin, but better. So that's kind of something. They've also got a really good shade range. So I know if I carry that one range in my kit, I'm covered for everybody. And if I need to layer it, build up a little bit more coverage, I can also do that. Um, Obviously, I'm lucky because I carry most of the ranges. That and uh, Latane Ultra Tenu. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Latent Ultra Tenue, um, which is the range I spoke about before, 33 shades. That's fantastic also because it's kind of strong enough to conceal, like you were saying, if someone has melasma or like a, a little dark patch here and there, some sun damage, you can actually use that foundation kind of spot treat areas like that. Because a lot of the time with concealers, when somebody buys a concealer to hide something on their skin, it will contain a lot more pigment. It will be drier in formulation because it has to stay put. Mm-hmm. And if you have like an active blemish or maybe an area of eczema or perhaps some raised melasma on your skin, you don't really want to go with something that's super dry because if you do that, then the texture is very, very different to the rest of your complexion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I treat so many things within the complexion as skin. I treat highlighting as complexion. I treat tanning as complexion. I treat sculpting as complexion. A lot of the time I'll apply a highlighter before I'll start working with foundation. Mm. Because the truth of the matter is you don't need to put a layer of foundation and then put a layer of highlighter above it. You can start by highlighting the areas and then work around it because then what you're having is the most taut, naked area of your face looking the most dewy and hydrated and realistic you can you can you know get away with using more foundation around the jaw and kind of like further down in the face but I think the area around your eyes and your cheekbones you gotta go as bare as you can totally Mm -hmm. especially if you're being photographed or Mm -hmm. even in real life I Mm -hmm. mean like I think so many people listening to this podcast that's one thing they struggle with is the under eye getting the creases or feeling like it's Mm -hmm. either they can't cover the dark circles or they've covered them to the point where it's just layer after layer or they're they're just using the wrong product oh really do you think yeah because I think sometimes people look at concealer as though you know, one size fits all. Like the concealer you use under your eye should be an under eye concealer. Interesting. Very much so. Because 
you know, it's formulated to sit, to not crease, to cancel out any blue, any green, any, you know, darker shades that you might have underneath your eye. It might not necessarily be a perfect match to your skin tone because you are trying to, you know, color block. Yeah, color the blue or the gray. Um, in you know, it's the color circle. Totally. Um, so I think sometimes pe- there's a lot of confusion there. People use a very heavy concealer under the eye where they really don't need to. A great tip, though, yeah. is if you are someone who's either suffering from an oily eyelid or perhaps you, you know, just because anatomically the shape of your eye, your eyeball is round, like we do get a crease underneath there. It would be like kind of strange because that <laughs> skin moves all the time. Yeah. We're constantly blinking. We're tearing you know, we're walking into environments where maybe there's smoke, you know, like your eyes are moving all the time to protect themselves. It's going to move. Yeah. Makeup requires maintenance. A great tip is using an oil blotting sheet. When you've applied your concealer first thing in the morning, if you use your oil blotting sheet, just a touch underneath the eye, what that does is it pulls out any extra hydration that maybe you don't need in that crease in the eye. Mm-hmm. And it leaves the pigment behind. Mm -hmm. So then you're kind of removing the offending element Mm, that makes the concealer move. You're also helping to stop your mascara print down on the bottom of your eye. Okay, great. Because the oil under the eye sometimes dislodges the mascara. I mean, that's, I feel like that's the number one thing that people say to me. So many people ask about this, about Mm -hmm. the transfer. They're Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I put on my mascara and then halfway through the day, it's underneath my eye or on top of my eyelid. How do I fix that? I mean, some people do need to use a little bit of powder under there just because it depends on how much skin, you know, how much oil your skin produces. But I much prefer the idea of removing excess oil than the baking approach that we see sometimes that people do. Mm -hmm. No judgment, whatever works for you. But we don't want to see too much makeup under the eye. No. Mm -hmm. The idea is that you're concealing something that you don't want to see, not that you're adding something that you also don't want to see. (laughs) Yeah, true, true. So you mentioned makeup is meant to be maintained, like maintenance. Yeah. So when you say that, that. I love that, first of all, Um, because I think so many people always are trying to find like this 24 hour long lasting foundation and lipstick. And then they're, you know, putting on the layers and layers of makeup to ensure for the record, I don't want a 24 hour lipstick. And like, yeah, because like what's in it that's going to. That is, you know, making it last. I don't want to look like the upside down from Stranger Things all (laughs) over my lips because there's so much alcohol in it that it's like my lips are being peeled off layer by layer. I don't want that. Right, fam. And so, yeah, are you not a believer in those products? And I think my my focus always comes from skin, having had that as my foundation of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want anything on my skin for 24 hours. Nothing. Yeah. And when I go to bed, I want clean skin. And when I wake up, I want clean skin. I I'm asked quite often, you know, what's a hack? How do we make this last? And you know, in my career as a makeup artist, being known for red carpet work, I do have to make makeup last. But the truth of the matter is if you really want your makeup to look good, you need to maintain it. You need to take everything that you need to maintain it. My girls have a perfect little touch-up kit that I make for them. Actually, Chanel made one (laughs) this season, which they distributed to everybody. It was inspired by my little makeup kit that I gave to everybody. What's in it? What's in it? Okay, so it's a tiny uh, little clear pouch. A miniature powder puff with just enough colorless powder on there in case they need to remove some shine. Maybe there'll be a couple of little lens pots in there with some anti-shine because you might not want to use powder. Some lip balm, you know, if you can't carry the whole lipstick, which let's face it, most people can't because they have these tiny little clutches. There'll be another little lens pot with the lip color in there. A lip brush if they can carry it. A little tiny makeup mirror with a magnifying uh, side and a regular side. And maybe just like some tissues, you know, an antibacterial hand wipe, Mm -hmm. a couple of Q-tips. You can make that fit into a tiny little space as big as an iPhone. Yeah. And that's what I give to my girls. They know what they need to do if they want their makeup to look good. And it doesn't involve being out all night and not doing anything to maintain it. It took an hour and a half for me to do that application. The the, 
the basis is there, mm -hmm. but you're still going to have to add to it. If you want, you know, your cheekbones to still look dewy at 11 o'clock when you're bowling into the Vanity Fair party, <laughs> <laughs> you might have needed to stop and look in the mirror at some point. Like, you know, you're eating, you're talking, your mouth's moving, your eyes are moving, everything's moving. It's skin, it's alive, it's healthy. It's, you know, it's... It's changing all the time. You're walking into different environments. And so you do need to maintain it. So um, I wouldn't say that I'm against long wear products because they definitely have their place in real life. Mm -hmm. And my client, Taylor Russell, who I worked with yesterday, she actually taught me something great with um, a stay put eyeliner, one of these eyeliners that are supposed to last for uh -huh. 24 hours. And she she paints freckles on chair. She did it to me, which it was the, <laughs> the funniest thing ever. I look like Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> she paints the freckles onto her face and she leaves them to bake. Uh -huh. And then like an hour later, she'll just use a blotting paper and blot them off. And then they're kind of permanent yeah. enough on her face. It's like a, that they say. Yeah, it's like almost like a stain yeah. effect. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, stain. I love that. It's like the twenty-four hour eyeliner that you buy at the Korean yes. beauty supply. That it's amazing yeah. and won't move, but it's like the perfect. She has the perfect color, and it's like a little freckle stick almost. It's a, it was How amazing. Fun. I love so that. I'm always learning. I love that. <laughs> okay, so obviously Chanel Prestige, Obs, Obs. What do you think? for people at home listening is worth splurging on versus saving on. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of people might not have the budget to go full Chanel in one mm -hmm. fell swoop. So mm -hmm. if they're going to invest in something as a makeup artist, what do you think that should be? And then what products do you think that they should they could save their money on? So I think I, I didn't get to it earlier. The first piece of Chanel that I bought was a foundation. And I probably was in my 20s. And I remember spending the time, because I was interested in makeup, knowing it was the best I could get, and spending the time at the counter and thinking very carefully about investing in my first foundation from them. Always foundation. Always foundation. No matter what texture you buy, no matter what kind of coverage you prefer, I think spending the time and investing in a good foundation is never going to do you wrong. Because if you truly get one that works very well for you, it can be used in so many different ways you can mix it with a moisturizer use it in a more luminous light way you can you know use it directly and in the formulation as it's intended to be um to get more coverage if you focus on finding one that really works for your skin texture and really is a, a very good color match that's the best investment you can make just day to day regardless of whether you're going to the office or you're going to a premiere i think like having a great foundation is probably the most important thing colors they come and go mm -hmm. there are colors that are very specific especially within the chanel range i mean if you think back to you know when vamp appeared and then it became rouge noir like that was such a, a moment and so many people have copied it and emulated it since yeah. there are certain things that are just like the trend color that you want and it's so important and, and it's true it is much more accessible to maybe just buy one lipstick then to buy the whole range but I think my advice would be go with the foundation and that there really is something for everybody there and um and then things like mascara I'm very lucky that I get to use amazing mascaras from many many different companies mm -hmm. and I do think to a certain extent you do get what you pay for in a product however if you don't want to spend $25 on a mascara and you know that you're going to go through it quite quickly get down the drugstore yeah. buy yourself mm -hmm. some Maybelline like yeah. buy what you can afford and buy a few of them because what I see quite often is when people hide their makeup bags from me because I'm so fastidious and I'm really like hardcore about washing your brushes Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. but when I do go in there the main thing that I find is lots of very old high end mascaras because people go oh that costs $30 and I don't want to throw it away. It's like, it's dry, it's mm -hmm. cracking, it's falling under your eye, it's not doing what it was supposed to do anymore, it's time to go in the trash. Yes. But the packaging and the color. <laughs> no, buy a mascara that will be good as long as you need it to be good, that you won't feel crazy about throwing away. Yep. And, re in, and replace it, you know, buy them in twos. Spend the money that you would spend on a mascara 
wisely. Yeah. Buy two instead of buying one. That's a great tip. So smart. Yeah. But don't buy something. You're not going to be upset when you have to get rid of it. Right. And we develop an expiration date, right? (laughs) I feel like we have a lot of listeners who could throw away the mascara. The the rule is if it smells funky, it goes in the trash. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. totally. It's your eyes, people. Okay. So we have a fun little lightning round. Yeah. Oh, oh lightning round. I'm nervous. Should I be? No, I mean, please. <laughs> so you can answer these. The goal is as concisely as possible, but like there's no rules. So yeah. if you really okay. have thoughts, go into them. Yeah. I do kind of go round the houses when I answer things sometimes. No, it's no, great. We love, we love it. We um, love. Okay. What is the right order to apply makeup products? Or what is the Kate Lee way? The way I apply makeup is not the same way that people apply makeup day to day. So the two things are very different. I think it depends on what you're doing. I would agree with Priscilla, who you interviewed <laughs> from oh, Fenty. I agree with her <laughs> in the sense that if you're going to do a deep, smoky eye, especially if it's something you're not super skilled at and you're trying for the first time, eyes first. Because then if it's a powder and it drops down, you can clean up. If you get your eye how you want it to be, then you clean the skin underneath. Then you go in with your foundation and your concealer, any powder you might need. Start from there. Also kind of, if that's the defining feature, let that be the defining feature and then work back from there. Quite often I start with complexion because I like a blank canvas. I like to see what I'm working with first and then my inspiration comes from there and then I'll work from there. I never really have a a full idea of what I'm doing when I start. I tend to just kind of feel my way into it. So I don't think that there's a specific order you have to go in. Okay, just it depends. That wasn't concise. Sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's great. Okay, what's your favorite mascara? I am biased. Obviously. Chanel Inimitable Waterproof Mascara. And I love waterproof because it keeps my lashes curled. FYI. Absolutely correct. Thank and you. your lashes look And your lashes bomb, are monumental. So. Thank you. Why does makeup pill and how can we avoid it? Okay, so that comes down to prep. And sometimes when I sit down with my girls, I'll start working and then I'll have to stop. I'll be like, what have you put on your skin? Sometimes sunscreen can pill. It also depends on the combination of things you put together. Sometimes the two formulations can react together and then you can end up with, you know, little bits rolling off the face. And the second that starts happening, I stop in my tracks. I get a new beauty blender I start again. I'm cleaning the skin and going back to the drawing board. I'm like, what what was what was it that you had on your skin? Oh, it's, you know, it's this sunscreen. I'm like, okay, do you mind if we use mine? Because I know how it reacts. I know how it behaves. It's tried and true with everybody. And so then you don't get the pilling. What's the sunscreen? I use RUV Essential. It's very, very light textured and it doesn't leave any residue. And it's SPF 50 and it does the job. Okay. <laughs> Next question. I'm gonna. I'm going to say this differently than how we have written. You have messed up your makeup, and not you, but like (laughs) never me, Sarah, and the people listening. Yeah, we've messed up our makeup. Do you have to start over? Yes. (laughs) One thousand percent. I know because if you're heading downhill, yeah. Just start again. Because the time you're going to spend, you know, we've all seen those memes where it's like, oh, you started out with a cat eye and then you've ended up with a raccoon. Like, if if you've started going downhill, if that liner has not gone on perfectly the first time, start again. I have totally tried to do that. And then this starts turning blue and black because I'm like trying to cover it. Yeah. I got to start. And especially with like powder eyeshadow as well, it's like once it starts flaking and falling down, once you get like this little like bit of snow underneath the eye. Yeah, it just it's too late, guys. Yeah. It's too late. Well, I have had issues with foundation, especially where it just doesn't sit well with my skin. Mm-hmm. Like it accentuates every pore I have on my face, and I'm like, okay, why is it doing that? Okay, okay. And then I'm like, well, maybe the key's adding more, which is like <laughs> terrible. But then I start to get this. It looks like a camo effect. I don't know how else to describe it <laughs> on my temples, where it's like patches of different of the foundation it's the same shade but it all looks different shades because i've like if it's everything's been moved around yes and, and yeah. i just keep that adding could be more your prop, but that could be in your prep again because if you've got too much 
oil on the skin, then you're just letting that kind of move around. Totally. The pigment's moving around on the skin because there's so much slip that it can't adhere to anything. And I, I mean... I remember one time I specifically was like, I have to remove my entire face of makeup because I had gone over it three times and it just didn't, No, start it again. wasn't sitting properly. Yeah. Ugh. So right. I, it's the truth we need to hear. I guess. Sorry, I bad news, that, but yeah, but... Get, get that off and start again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just remove it people. And just, and what, just use a, like a, a washcloth, makeup wipe. Depends how badly wrong you've gone <laughs> if it's just your you know if it's just your foundation then you're hopefully you're if you're starting with your foundation you're going back to the drawing board and you need to you know you need to remove your makeup with something very light not too oily because otherwise you're going to get back into the same situation again it's like you know you need a light kind of micellar water type cleanser to get that mm-hmm. off and then put on the primer if you use primer or put on the serum type moisturizer that you know sits well under your foundation you you get your routine as you go along but certainly if you're if you're heading downhill you you gotta start again <laughs> okay fine <laughs> fine sorry Kobe. it's okay it's okay okay dark circles dark circles what about dark circles? Like, how do we conceal them and hide them? Well, okay, you kind of touched on this, though. It's the color correction. It's not necessarily piling more product on to hide them. It's the color correcting. There's a caveat in there that I want to add. I'm not a big fan of layering a color corrector under a concealer. I think what we have to think about when we're color correcting under the eye is we need one product that does both so it might be that you go you look at this concealer and you think well that doesn't match my skin tone it's not supposed to match your skin tone Mm -hmm. it's supposed to sit next to your skin tone and cancel out a blue or cancel out a green generally speaking they're a bit more pinky they're a bit more i was gonna say that it's Mm -hmm. like a peach shade right so you have to try it you have to try it to know whether it works. And that's when it goes back to the counter. And that's when it's like, you just got to relax. Yeah. Know that these people are there to help you. Mm-hmm. And if you need to take <laughs> it off and put it back on and yeah. go outside and look in the daylight and ask your friend, go to another counter, ask someone else. Trial take your time, error, do it. Yeah, under the eye is a is a, something else I will say about under the eye. I see a lot of people do this. They go dot dot, 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 all the way around the bottom of the eye, the round eye socket. And like a circular. And then they kind of wipe it forwards and wipe it back. (laughs) There's a new concept. We don't need concealer here. We might need a little bit on the outer corner of the eye because sometimes you can get a little red there. Uh But you don't need it where your left lines are. No one needs to conceal there. If you've picked a foundation that matches your skin properly... You don't have to blanket the skin, and it's the same with concealer. Focus on the valley of the eye, which is generally, you know, just on the inner corners of the eye and where the eye socket ends. For some people, that's more visible. For other people, they don't have that so much. They might just have, like, the discoloration. But try and focus on the area sort of on the inner part next to your nose, and don't kind of drag that. Just think of, really think, I mean, I think this goes for every type of cosmetic. Think about where it's going mm-hmm. think about whether you really need it there do you need to draw a big white circle around your eye probably not if it's your jam and that's what you do then that's great but like for the most natural looking concealer you need the right texture you need the right color that might take you a few times at the cosmetic store to find the right thing and you guys couldn't see kate but it was hilarious because she's like touching <laughs> her face but like the orbital bone essentially yeah right like yeah. inner corner i'm doing it too yeah inner corner and then either side of the nose on the yeah. inner corner yep. of your eye. Yep. And then just the valley of the eye. Because yeah. if you think about it, your eyeball itself, it's actually really huge. Yeah. You'd be kind of shocked if you actually saw your own eyeball, how large it is. <laughs> and it sits there in this orbital bone. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we see. And sometimes people have a more hollow mm-hmm. um, eye socket. And sometimes people have a more flat, flat eye socket. Mm-hmm. So you just, you have to really like focus on your own particular features and think about where you're putting it. Okay. What about a shiny face? 
like you have used a matte product and you're hoping for the best or you use like illuminating product but you have powdered but you're still shiny any I mean I maybe this goes back to the maintenance part yeah or like your tip for carrying did you say oil bonding yeah I mean no you also did something in Paris where you used like a primer at the end to like oh yeah set my teeth so shine shine again you know complexion is a minefield because everybody's so different sometimes people produce a lot of oil and they just have to maintain 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 no amount of primer is going to help you in that situation you only have maintenance primer will help to a certain extent and a lot of these primers now will absorb up to like 10 times their own weight in oil but that doesn't mean that they're without maintenance if you are super oily and you have got very visible pores you are going to have to keep blotting that oil off during the day I think what people do sometimes is they just keep putting on more powder, more powder, more foundation, more foundation, because they don't want to see the pores and they don't want to see the shine. And I think ultimately it's more about controlling the environment than masking it completely. So blotting papers are amazing. You don't, again, they're not a splurge. You don't have to spend an awful lot of money on, on blotting papers. You can buy them almost anywhere now. Very inexpensive. So you're not going to kind of feel like you can't use a few during the day if you need them. Primers definitely do help absorb oil and they can help to conceal pores. The downside of that is that you do have to be fastidious about removing your makeup because you don't want to clog the pores that are causing you the distress in the first place. Mm -hmm. People think you don't need to hydrate. You do need to hydrate. That's really, really important. Maintenance, maintenance, maintenance with shiny faces um, and oily, oily eyelids, which is something that a lot of people suffer from. Totally. Yeah. All right, last question. How often do you wash your makeup brushes? Every single time I use them. Ah! <laughs> but, okay, so... Uh, my but personal has, ones? Yeah, my your, personal, your personal ones, ones? They probably go for about a week. Okay. okay, okay, that's more well, because, like, obviously, obviously she's, she's working on clients. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to be like, okay. Right, I'm right, always right washing brushes, so for me to yeah. wash my brushes is not really a big deal. Totally. Does Chanel have a makeup uh, brush We wash? don't. <gasps> we don't. We got to put in a request. Mm. I think it's mm. I think it's that <laughs> thing of, like, maybe people don't think about it too Where much. Where do I file this We're ticket? Go, let, should yeah. we be going to Paris to, like, formulate this for them? Hmm. Beauty blender make a good makeup brush you do like her clean their cleaner because i like it i think it's great yeah so what is usually your method each different i'm such a dork no it's okay please you're not a dork at all each different brush has a different technique so if a brush is made of synthetic fiber which is generally a brush that i would use with anything that's a cream formulation because it's a lot easier to blend that way that i will use um it's solid brush cleanser and I usually use the solid brush cleanser I wet the brush Mm. I put it in the in the soap I'll work it in and I'll leave it to sit for a minute because quite often you need a moment for the oils and the Mm -hmm. the product you know you can't throw away your brushes every time you use them but it's very very important to clean them like you wouldn't want me to put a brush on your face that had been on somebody else's face yeah you know my beauty blenders go through a similar situation. I wash them very thoroughly. I sterilize them. You know, I mm. put them in an autoclave that, you know, there's my esthetician person. Oh, yeah. Because it's just kind of like you can't just kind of rinse it out under the tap and hope for the best. When you're working with the kind of faces that we work with, it's like they, they want a new beauty blender <laughs> that belongs to them. Yes. You know, yeah. Has this touched anybody else's I, face? I yeah. never understand it when I see. I do see kits that are dirty sometimes and it, and it freaks me out because once you've studied, you know, once you've seen that Petri dish grow in front of your eyes, you, you're very cognizant of it. And it's the same with brushes. So the nylon brushes are, are washed. Mm-hmm. If I'm using like a very small, like an eyeliner brush or an eyebrow, an angle eyebrow brush, and I need to quickly clean it, I will use a brush cleaner, like a more astringent brush cleaner in mm-hmm. that situation if I need to turn it around quickly. Generally speaking, everything gets washed and then it all gets sterilized. How do you... Oh, and you sterilize it in... I have a, an like your, yeah. Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Need one of those. Oh, I want one of those. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so, so much. This has been so just well. such an incredible It's already episode. the end? I know. I mean, I we could keep going, me. but... 
we don't want to keep she's busy she, and she needs a break she needs a, nap. She needs, she needs a nap she needs a nap she needs a drink she needs to like go to the mountains yeah go to a cabin yeah i need to do something <laughs> thank you so so much yes um, and congratulations yes. on an amazing award thank season you. um where can we find you online you can find me on my instagram um kate me makeup mm-hmm you can also find me through my agency's website at thewallgroup.com. And then follow along and see your work on We Love Coco. Yes. Yep. Chanel Beauty. I'm quite often on We Love Coco. We Love Coco um, is great. Oh my God. I, I get to do all kinds of along. fun things for them. I applause shoot little little videos they're so good we need a los angeles takeover on we love coco <laughs> just putting that into the ether that's okay really it has to be good like idea, 100 actually. people who have to approve that first but um yeah let's apply listen the secret is you put it into the world and it comes back to you so. if we've learned Agreed. anything from kate yes yeah i just did that, that. so you're welcome sarah it's happening <laughs> um guys thank you so much thank for you. listening to this episode we love kate we're glad that you guys um have been just so lovely and supportive of this podcast. We are online. Obviously, you can find us on Twitter, which Twitter kind of blew up for us uh, over Oscars because we made some content. Memes that Kirby made. The, the, the memes. The memes happen. So we're Los Angeles Pod on Twitter, Los Angeles Pod on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. Join our, my favorite thing on Facebook, our Facebook group. Yeah. You people know what you're talking about. I truly am amazed that we don't even have to do anything you don't even have to answer any questions <laughs> y'all just yeah y'all are your own little world we love it thanks for listening and we will see you next week bye bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 